0: I want you to go ahead and get in your word to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to do my best to move quickly, but I do have a lot to cover. Uh, first thing I want to say is if you are, if this is your first time to LifeHouse or maybe you've been coming a couple of weeks, we're in the middle of a series called We Are LifeHouse. And today, uh, I know we're talking about everyone's favorite church topic, and that's money. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna go into God's Word, and we're gonna see what He says. And I'm gonna challenge you to give, and I'm gonna give you some specifics on that. But don't let that bother you. Don't be afraid of that, especially if you're if this is new to if you're new to Lifehouse. I need you to understand. We don't talk about money all the time. We, we're not that kind of a church. But when we talk about it, we're very intentional and we're very scriptural. Amen. Okay. Second thing I want to do is shout out everyone who was part of Bible quiz yesterday. I mean, fantastic. Come on, yeah. Um, at, from Lifehouse, we had 46 different kids and students participating. And just so you know, in, throughout the entire state of Tennessee, Lifehouse has more uh, 18 and under participating in, in Bible quiz than any other church in the state. Um. On the property yesterday, we had a total of 67, 46 of which were Lifehouse kids, right? Come on, like, uh, and then from Lifehouse, it takes six correct answers to get one quiz out. From Lifehouse, we had 45 quiz outs yesterday, and we completely and totally dominated everybody, right? Because not only do we want to learn learn the word, but we also want to destroy everybody else in the process. Some of y'all don't like that. You need to get a little competitive spirit in you, right? What did Ricky Bobby say? Don, Don told me earlier what he said. I don't know. I've never. I only read the Bible. I never watch movies. If you ain't first, you last, right? All right. I also want to shout out the 30 plus adults that helped make yesterday possible. Yeah. Parents, you're doing a phenomenal job and, and helping your kids learn. Uh, and listen, I, I'm not that involved in Bible quiz really apart from just being a dad. Uh, my wife, uh, really leads it up and she does a great job with that. So, you know, definitely shout her up for that. But so when I come to matches, like I'm very much just a participant like anybody else, just a spectator. And it is so awesome. It's so much fun. Uh, my youngest Magnolia even got to participate yesterday. She's four years old, so like, get them involved early. She's learning the word even now, and uh, I mean, I just tell you, it does. It not only does it do a pastor's heart good, because our mission is to glorify God and make disciples, and that starts right. That starts as early as we can start it, right? So not only does it do my pastor's heart good in Bible quiz, but man, it sure does do my daddy's heart real good, right? So I just love it. Appreciate that. Also. A little bit further housekeeping. Uh, We are clarifying and refining how we do membership here at LifeHouse. Again, if you're new to LifeHouse, listen up, but don't get too worried about or thinking about this. Just so you know, in the previous history, we've just sort of like grandfathered members in and just said like, if you're here, if you're giving, if you're serving, you're a member. But because our church is growing and because we have to, to get better systems in place, because we want to steward well the growth that the Lord has given us, right? It's not about trying to be better in terms of the world standards, but it's trying to use better what God has given us, okay? So starting in April, all membership will funnel through LifeTrack. LifeTrack will begin happening not just the first Sunday in April, but also the second Sunday in April. So if you are relatively new to LifeHouse, maybe within the last two to three months, I want to encourage you if you have not been through LifeTrack yet, to get in live track either in March or April. And for those of you who've been coming, you know, since at least last year, maybe even since the first part of January, like, we claim you. We call you members even if you don't like it. Like, you're stuck, okay? You can't get out. I'm just kidding. You, you could. But why would you want to? Why would you want to? Uh, if you have any questions about that, you can talk to my wife, Kristen, or you can uh, send an email to church. At lifehouse.info. With that being said, we're also just asking everyone to make sure they have updated information. You can scan this QR code. And this is for everyone in the house. And we're not trying to stalk you. We just want to be able to be connected with you. And it's my goal as a pastor that from 30 people to 3,000 to, God willing, 30,000 people one day who are lifting up the name of Jesus under the banner of Lifehouse Church. I want to be as connected to everybody as I can. I want people to have my number. I want, to, you, I want to have your number. So we want your information so that we can just be connected and you can stay connected and communi- communicate with us. And then our business meeting uh, is 630 this Wednesday. Hope you can be part of that. Most of the stuff I usually talk about at business meetings is going to either be talked about today or has been over the last few weeks. So it will be a relatively speaking brief meeting in terms of just looking at finances. And and we're going to vote on some board members. Uh, But hopefully we're going to show up ready to go because at the end of this message, you're going to kind of have some ideas of where we're trying to go in the future. Cool? Everybody good? Everybody at 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, if you got your Bible there, go ahead and stand. We're going to read the Word. We're going to read this kind of slowly because I want to soak it in as we go. This is what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He says, the point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. That's pretty self-explanatory, but just to help you understand... What Paul is saying, he's saying that if you plant one seed, you'll get a harvest. But if you plant a hundred seeds, you'll get a bigger harvest. Another way he's another way to say what he's saying is what you put in determines what you'll get out. And that principle is true in all areas of life, is it not? That what you invest will determine what you will get in return. He says in verse 7, each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, not out of compulsion. Why, why shouldn't we do it reluctantly or out of compulsion? Well, because God loves a cheerful giver, not a manipulated giver. Right? God loves a cheerful giver. So today, we're going to give at the, end of this offer, at the end of this service. I'm just going to go ahead and lay that out there. But like, if you feel like your arm's being twisted and if you feel manipulated, it's I don't want you to give. I want you to give today. Because you're excited and because you want to give, right? He says in verse 8, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Why does God give you everything you need? So that you can do good things with everything you have, right? He says in verse 9, as it is written, He distributed freely. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. That's quoting from the Old Testament right there. Verse 11, he says, you will be enriched. Oh, excuse me, verse 10. I skipped one. Verse 10, now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for fruit, which is God, right? God is the one who gives us everything we need. You may work hard, but God is the one who put the energy and the ability in your body to work hard, right? So your job is not your provider. Your Lord is your provider. He says, the one who provides seed for the sower, bread for food, will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity. Now, I've got to stop and camp out right there for just a moment because for too long, bad preachers have preached a bad and untrue gospel and they have said, if you will give, then you will get. But that's not how God's Word puts it. Think, you've probably heard this before. If you'll give $100, then you, I'm believing and praying, and, and you're going to get $1,000 in return. You're just going to open up your mailbox one day, it's there's going to be a $1,000 check sitting there. And can I just tell you, that may happen. But that can't be your motivation. So why does God multiply, and why does God uh, help us or enrich us to give? He, or, or, he doesn't give, or rather, I should say, we don't give so we can get We give so we can give. In other words, when God sees our obedience, he says, oh, I can trust Ben because I gave him a little and he was faithful with the little that I gave him. So I'm going to increase what I've given him. I'm going to give him a lot because Jesus said himself, if you'll be faithful with little, then God knows he can trust you to be faithful with a lot. But if you will not be faithful with little, he knows you won't be faithful with more. He says, you'll be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints. It's not just about paying bills and and doing things. It is overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. In other words, when you give, it's not just about missions. It's not just about playgrounds. It's not just about projects. And it's not just about the bills. It is actually worship unto the Lord. And he says... And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. I think I skipped another one, didn't I? I did. Verse 13. Y'all okay? Yeah. I'm excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel. In other words, people will benefit because of your obedience and because of your generosity. And they will glorify God because of you and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone. Verse 14, and as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In other words, what Paul is saying, thank you, God, that even though you don't need us, and can we just settle that for a moment? God doesn't need anything I can give him. He is not up in heaven saying, you know, if Drew doesn't do this, man, am I going to be in trouble? If Max doesn't come through, boy, am I going to be struggling? That is not how it works, my friend. No, no, no. What Paul is saying, thank you, God, for your indescribable gift that even though you don't need me, you let me p- be part of your awesome plan to share the good news of Jesus in this world. Can we thank the Lord that we, he lets us do this? Come on, Lifehouse, one more time. Can we thank the Lord? Father today I pray that you would speak to me because God I need a word I need to hear from you God I pray today that you would speak through me because I have prepared but God I also pray that you would speak beyond me because Lord what you want to do in this place is not limited to just what I have to say and God I pray that you would speak in spite of me because Lord I am very aware of my faults and failures and flaws and Lord I need you to do something beyond me I need you to do something in spite of me because we need you Lord, I love you. Thank you, God, that I get to do this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 One more time, can we? Yeah, you know, you know. You can be seated. I'll try to move quickly, but I don't make any promises. Just like when Don says, sing it one more time. What he means is, sing it 12 more times. That's okay, too, though, right? So we're talking about giving today. In fact, the title of my message is prepare for the harvest. How many of you are noticing that the Lord is doing a great work in this church and in his people? Yeah. But how many of you also understand that if we do not do what we need to do to prepare for the harvest, we will squander his blessings and he will remove his hand. You see, if you were a farmer, anybody a farmer, anybody planting big gardens in the house today? You've got a few, right? You understand that when you get ready to harvest the fruit of your crop, that, that, that is exciting. But that also means i got work to do. Yeah, right? I've got to find my orange. That means I've got work to do, right? That means I've got to prepare myself. I've got to create some capacity. I've got. I've got to get my. my every, I've got to get everything ready to receive the harvest that we have. And so, the same is true spiritually speaking. I truly believe, and I. I don't think it's. Enough to just say, I believe it's happening one day. I believe we're seeing it even now that the Lord is bringing a great harvest to this church because of his goodness, right? I mean, my goodness. We, we have the largest Bible quiz uh, group in the state. And that's not just because we have an awesome kids ministry, even though we have the best, right? Yeah. It's because God's hand of blessing is on us, right? And so we have to steward well what he has given us, Okay. We have to take care of it. So, so four questions real quick this morning. That may or may not mean anything, real quick part. But four questions as fast as I can go that I want you to ask yourself. The first question that you need to ask is, what can I give? What can I give? Now, essentially everything you can give can be summed up into three areas of your life. The first thing you can give is your time, right? Right? When you serve, when you give your time, when you get here early, maybe to prepare coffee or to, to help run the sound or to rehearse some songs or to, to set up chairs or to, maybe, maybe it's when you give your time to stay after service, right, or to serve in the nursery or whatever or however you may be serving in church, you can give your time. The second thing that you can give is you can give your talents, Your time and your talent. Now, you might be thinking if you're like me, I don't really have any talents, but you probably do, right? You have some skills. You have some giftings. You have some expertise that you can offer to the body of Christ, right, and that you can begin to give. I'm thinking of of Corey and Kate right here just at the front. Raise your hand real high in the air. Yeah, and uh, they came, what, really just a few weeks ago, right? Was it maybe less than two months beginning of January, so not that long ago, they showed up here. First of all, we had to get this out of the way. They didn't even mean to come here. They were trying to go to some other church. And we love that church, whatever church it was, and we pray God blesses that church, just not with them. They're ours now. We've claimed them. You can't have them, whatever other church you work. Don't say it. I don't know. Don't say it. Somebody might get an idea. But they showed up here, and they, they got coffee out in the front. How many of you are thankful that we have coffee? For, yeah. And, and Corey and Kate, they were like, you know, we roast our own beans, and while this coffee is, it's coffee, it could be better. I'm trying to be nice about it. Right? And so they said, how about we start donating the coffee to the church? And praise God, if you've had coffee recently, it's pretty good. Right? So thank you, guys. That's giving your talent, right? And giving your time the people who prepare the coffee. Who prepared coffee today? Anybody in the house? Anybody? No. Winnie Chan. She was here at first service preparing the coffee. Praise God for her, right? So you give your time. You give your talent. Maybe your talent is, is musical. Maybe it's technology. Maybe you love babies, right? And, and you're good. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't. I wish all kids were given to us at a year and a half year old, uh, years old, right? That would be great, like 18 months. That's the sweet spot. Before that, I'm not even sure, sh- yeah, anyway. But somebody, so there's people, my wife loves babies because they just lay there and poop on you, I guess. Yeah. Whatever it may be, you can give your time, you can give your talent, and you can give your treasure. Now, to be real with you, I have been in church before, and the offering has been received. And there have been gold, there has been gold necklaces in the offering before. In this church, I'm not, I'm not sure it was real gold, but it looked like gold. I have gotten gold rings before in the offering. I have gotten halfway used up gift cards in the offering before. $4.32 to Starbucks, right? Something like that. Uh, but I think when we think of treasure, what we really are thinking about is money, time, talent, and treasure. I've seen people who were led by the Holy Spirit who took money out of their savings accounts because they, they their heart bore witness with a need or with a ministry and they said, you know what I've been saving for a down payment on my home but the Lord has spoken to me and I'm pulling I've, I've seen people pull the entire down payment out but what's beautiful is every time I've heard those stories of someone saying, you know I took this down payment out and I gave it to this project or to this church or to this missionary I have always also heard the testimony of how God returned more back to them than what they took out. Again, though, we don't give to get, but how many of you understand the truth of God's word is that when we're obedient and we're led of the Spirit, He's our provider. Amen. I've seen people take money out of retirement accounts. I've seen people take money out of savings account They were saving for family vacations. And I've seen people sell property and give either all of it or a lot of it to the church. And I'm telling you again, for each of those stories, I've seen God bless above abundantly anything they thought would happen as a result of their obedience. I've also seen people who are just consistently dedicated to giving their tithes and offerings. And they continue to see God provide for them above what they could have provided for themselves. Now, what happens a lot of times in a church between time, talent, and treasure is that people will pick one or two out of the three. And they'll say, you know, I give my time, and I show up for this, and that's my tithe. But my friend, that's not what the Bible says. You're just making up something right there. Okay, that's not, that's not the truth of God's word. I've also seen it the other way around, where people will say, you know what? I don't really want to surf. I don't like kids. I don't like music. I don't like sound. I don't like, I don't like opening a door for anybody, right? You laugh, but, like, I've seen those people. I, I know their names. They ain't in this church. I already run them off. But, and, and they say, you know what? I'm not going to serve, and I'm not going to do this, but I'll give money. And so I'll give money so the pastor can hire someone to do the job I don't want to do. But can I just tell you right now that if you are not a three-out-of-three three giver, then you're not really a giver. If you're not going all in, you're not going in at all, Okay? My pastor used to say, until you give God everything, you've not given God one thing that's worth anything. Because God doesn't like leftovers. He's not a dog. Right? He wants the first. He wants the best. He wants it all. Okay? And until, I'll say it again, until you make up your mind that you're going to give God everything, you've not given God one thing that's worth anything. Your halfway, your second best is not good enough for the Lord. Come on, this is where we do really well to read our Old Testament a little bit. To understand that He's a first fruits kind of God. That's right. That He's he, he he's a firstborn God, right? He he's He's the best of the best God. He's a cream of the crop God. He's not leftovers, He's not second best. All right, I'm I can't I don't have time to preach that this morning. But you guys with me? Yeah. And so I want to encourage you that you would be a giver today. And that you wouldn't be a two out of three or a one out of three, but that you would go all in with the Lord. Because the Lord has gone all in with you. Amen. When should you give? Anybody get any, any guesses to that? When you should give? Always. always. That's a good one. Were you here first service? Okay, good. In my notes, I have, I have written down now. Now. But always works too, right? When's the best time to give? Well, right now. Because if you're waiting on the perfect circumstances, if you're waiting on the perfect opportunity, if you're waiting for your life to slow down so that you can begin to serve more, if you're waiting to get out of debt so that you can begin to give, if you're waiting to get X amount of money saved in the bank and then you can be generous, you're going to be waiting forever. You're just going to keep on waiting and keep on waiting because perfect never gets here. So you have to make up your mind that but if, even if I can't do what I want to do, I'm going to start doing what I can do. I'm going to give what I can give. I'm going to give the time that I can give. I'm going to give the treasure that I can give. I'm going to give what I can give. And then one day when God notices that I am faithful with what I do have, I trust that He's going to be blessed, that he's going to bless me, and then I can be faithful with even more. And so today I'm going to give what I can, but tomorrow in Jesus' name I'm going to give what I want to give. Right? So when's the best time to give? One more time. Yeah. Now always, right? So the, all of it works. Right? All the time. Yeah. Third question that we need to ask ourselves is how do I give? Well, practically speaking, today we're taking a, what we're calling a seed offering. And so you see these baskets right here in the front at the end of my message. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond and to give in our seed offering, and you can bring your offering up and you can put it in this basket. You can go to our website and you can give online and you can market seed offering. Or you can take this pledge card and you can, you can give uh, in this pledge card right here. And, and so, like for instance, what I did, because first of all, I need you to understand I'll never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to lead the way in, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to serve if I'm not willing to serve. I'm not going to ask you to give if I'm not willing to give. Uh, it's my firm belief that as, as a leader, as the pastor of this church, I can never in good faith ask you to do something that I am not willing to do myself. That's just how it has to be. And so so my wife and I, we had a conversation, and we had a certain amount that we felt led to in this offering. But the truth of the matter is we ain't got that much money to give right now, just to be completely honest. and. It's not necessarily a lot, but it's, it's a lot to me. Uh, for some of you, it would be a lot. For some of you, you would laugh at it. And that's okay. Praise God for that. You better be up here later. Um, so what we did is we wrote a check for a lump sum of what we know we can give today and still pay bills and still uh, survive and buy groceries. And then I made a pledge for what I want to give for the rest of the year, because I'm believing and this is what it says that we're, uh, uh, that we're this is not a, this is not a contract, this is a covenant, this is a, a faith promise As the Lord provides, I'm going to be faithful what He's given me. so every month I've already set it up in my online giving every month that money's going to come out and it's going to be allocated to our seed offering. I've already got the check right here I put it in the offering first service, but I had to take it back out so y'all could see it. <laughs> so you can give in the offering, you can give online, you can fill out a pledge card those are. The practical ways to give, but spiritually speaking, how should you give? How should you give? You should give with a cheerful heart. You should, you should be excited to be able to give. You know, there's something that we need to grab hold of at Lifehouse Church. And we, can I just say, we do a good job of a lot of stuff. We do a good job of giving. We do a good job of serving. Can I just brag on you for a moment? You know, I've been preaching a lot lately about getting involved in serving over the last few weeks and I don't know, how many, Kristen, do you think at least a dozen, maybe more, have signed up to serve? Probably closer to 20 different people have signed up to serve. So come on, praise God for you. And in your serving and in your giving, one thing I want to remind you, you don't have to do this. You get to do this. Right? You don't ha- I don't have to preach. I get to preach. Don doesn't have to lead worship. He gets to lead worship. I don't have to give in this offering. I get to give in this offering. You don't have to be here today at church showing up or serving or whatever you're doing. You get to do it. It is a privilege. It is an honor. It is an opportunity. One more time, can we thank God for the the privilege that we have to be part of His plan? And so when we give, we do so with a cheerful heart because we recognize that God doesn't need me. He's not running at a deficit. He's not, he's not in heaven again. I said it earlier, saying if, if they don't give today, oh man, we're not going to be able to do what I plan to do in Oak Ridge. That's not how that works. The way it works is God says, I have great plans for this city. I'm going to invite these people to be part of it. And they're going to be blessed by it. Come on, praise the Lord for that, right? So we give with cheerful hearts. We we don't do it because uh, because we've been manipulated. We don't we don't another reason why we don't give, and this is very important. We don't give because we think that if I give, then God's obligated to bless me. Can I tell you that's just an incredibly dangerous way to operate in your faith? You know, like I've heard it said before. I need God to do X in my life, so I'm going to fast this week. My friend, that's just not how fasting works. God, you don't go on a hunger strike and all of a sudden convince the Lord that he needs to do something for you. Right? That's just not how that works. You don't fast because you want to manipulate the Lord. You fast because you want to see his face. You starve your flesh, you feed your faith, you experience him in new ways. And so this morning as we give, we're not giving because if I give, then according to the scriptures, he's obligated to bless me. No, 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 no. There are promises in there, but that's not why you give. You give because you get to be part of what he's doing. Lifehouse, you all right? You give because you love Jesus and you want other people to experience the love of God. The last question, why should you give? Why should you give? First and foremost, you give because that is the example God has set for us. Probably the most famous Bible verse in the world today, John 3.16. For God loved the world in this way, He gave. He gave. You see, love demands generosity. Love demands sacrifice. You see, when you have an infant, right, Walker, like, how many times did you guys get up last night to, to take care of him? Three, to- three times? Good Lord. We ain't having no more babies. I need my sleep. Yeah, but why'd you do it? Because you love him. And Because he needs you. And, 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 and Max is over here falling asleep during my preaching because of it. But he's still here, praise God, right? Yeah. And so... You know, you know why they take care of Walker at night? Because they love him. You know why? They showed up to church today even though they came to second service, which I'll excuse that because, yeah, right? It's because they love Jesus and they love his church. So love demands that you give something up, right? Sometimes you give up sleep. Sometimes you give up money. Sometimes you give up time. For God the Father, he gave up his one and only son so that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Come on, I think it's worth taking a moment to thank God for the incredible gift that we have in Jesus. Love demands generosity. Love demands sacrifice. And generosity is the example that we have from God. That's why we should give. And the second reason why we should give on a more practical note as far as a church, as far as us as a church is concerned, is we need to give because we're preparing for a harvest. See, this is not the first seed offering that we've ever received as a church, it's the second. The first time we did it was in the early, or in the early part of 2018. I want to say it was the last Sunday in January of 2018. You see, in the, in the week between Christmas and New Year's that year, I was reading my Bible and I was praying one morning. And I heard the Lord speak to me as I was reading in Genesis chapter 8. And I just want you to understand something. When I tell you the Lord spoke to me, I don't say that lightly and I don't say that often. Because I wish that I heard God speak in ways that I could discern all the time. But so far, the primary way He communicates to me is through His Word. Because if you want a word from God, you need to be in the Word of God. But that morning... It was early. It was before the sun came up. It was the Lord. I mean, it, it might have been audible. I don't know. And he said to me, if you want to harvest, you first have to plant your seed. Now, here's the backstory. story. If you're not familiar, Genesis chapter 8 is when Noah is getting off the ark, right? And he sees the rainbow and God's talking to him and he says to, and God says to Noah, Noah, as long as the earth remains, cold and hot will always exist. And And something this and something that will always exist. And then there's the part right there and seed time and harvest time will always exist. And it was like all of a sudden the Holy Spirit knocked me upside the head. And he said to me, "If you, you can't expect to get a harvest as long as you are as as holding on to your seed. Now to you, that may not mean anything. But to me, in that moment, I knew exactly what it meant. And I knew exactly what I had to do. Because what you may not know is in the latter part of 2017 going into 2018, Lifehouse wasn't in the best of shape. I had come to the church in August and I had set aside a nest egg of, of, of finances that were in a savings account And I was just sitting on it And waiting on it It wasn't that much money But I figured that That if I became unemployed suddenly That it would at least get me A couple of months by Until I found another job And so uh, As the year ended in 2017 The church had $12 in the bank yes, sir. <laughs> Carlos was the treasurer He knows And However many people had voted me in in August, half of them were gone. I done ran them off, and I honestly don't blame them. I, I was, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. And I was convinced. Can I just be real with you? I was convinced that it was just a matter of time. My, my thought was by March, the doors will be shut, and I'll need a new job. Because I, I just didn't see how. I just didn't see how it was going to work. And so I had that money set aside, not for if, but rather for when everything fell apart. And I needed that savings account to provide for my family. And so the Lord spoke to me, and I knew what it meant. It meant it was time to take that money and to to give it away. And so I called the church and I said, we're going to have seed offering Sunday, right? And and we have the offering that day. And it wasn't because I thought the church should give. It was because I knew I had to give it. And I didn't even tell the church at the time what was going on all behind the scenes. I didn't feel like it was appropriate at that time. I just told the church the Lord spoke to me and said I need to give. And so I did. I didn't tell, I didn't reveal everything going on in my heart at the time. And so we gave that day and the offering was okay. It wasn't that much. Honestly what I gave and I don't mean this in a way of bragging because it still wasn't that much money, but what I gave more than was more than half of what the total that was given that day. And and I thought honestly as the day ended you might be thinking, oh I bet you were excited. No, I was scared to death. I had called my father-in-law a few days before, hoping and expecting him to talk me out of this decision. I I figured that once I told him what was going on and what I was doing, he would say, you can't do that. You've got to take care of my daughter and my grandchildren. But he didn't. He said, you need to move forward in faith. I'm glad he did. And I tell you, and I, I don't think this is exaggerating. It was like after that Sunday, a few of you were here. A few of you just came right around that time. It was like the Holy Spirit just flipped a switch in the house. Yes, and, and people started showing up. People started giving. I don't know what you think about offerings or how much they are, but just for reference, we went from having offerings of six, $700. I'm looking at Carlos, which let me just tell you, that ain't enough. To two and $3,000, which at the time, man, that was amazing. It was a miracle. Yes, and so why should you give? You should give because we are believing for a harvest, and in order to get a harvest, we first have to plant a seed. Right. Yep. Yes, yes, I... I 100% believe that when we are obedient giving the tithe, when we are generous and going above and beyond the tithe, that, that God will bless us. But that is not why we give. We give because we want to be part of what God is doing and we want to see the work that God is doing continue to grow and to continue to expand, right? And let me let me just be a pastor for a moment. If you're not currently tithing, right, before you give in this offering today, you need to make up your mind that you will be obedient to what the Lord says in giving the tithe. The tithe is 10% of your income. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to the government. It doesn't belong to the mortgage company or to the bank. It belongs to the Lord, and unless you are faithful and giving the tithe, and I'm scared even saying this, and I hope it isn't offensive, but if you have made up your mind, I'm not going to tithe, then this offering's not for you. It's not, this, we don't, this offering's not for you. You need, you need to tithe first, but can I just also be clear and help you understand? The tithe is the bare minimum. That, that is, the tithe is just being obedient to the bare minimum of your gross. Yeah, I agree with that. You guys okay? Yeah. We give because we're preparing for a harvest. Matthew 9, 37, Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. My question for you today is, will you be one of the workers? Will you be someone who's ready to get to work as we prepare for the harvest? Will you... Are you ready to invest your time, your talent, and your treasure with greater intentionality than ever before as we prepare for the harvest that God is bringing to this church and to this community? Amen? So show show me, hit my pictures for me if you will right there. You see, we're preparing for a harvest in kids' house, guys. Come on, these are just a few pictures. Listen. The Lord is you can go to the next one The Lord has blessed us with over 100 kids under the age of 12 And we have to step up to the plate to step up to the challenge. Go to the next one. To steward well what God has blessed us with, right? To, so we're, we're going to invest in our kids' ministry. We're going to go above and beyond to make sure that our facilities, while we can't do a lot right now, we're going to make them as fun as they can be, and we're going to make them as safe as they can be, amen? And go to the plate. Go to the next one. Go. Yeah, check out those awesome kids, all those Bible quiz champions right there, right? Learning the word and preaching the word. And go to the next one right now. I know this may not look a lot like a lot to you, but if you go out here right now and you swing on those swings and you weigh over 150 pounds, you're going to break that swing set. If you put your hand on that playground, you're going to get a splinter in your hand, right? That thing's been here a little too long and loved a little too hard, and it is time to get a new one. And spoiler alert, we've already ordered it, we've already paid the first $10,000 for it. Yeah. The hope is that it will be here by the end of March. And we still owe $10,000 more on it. And I know that's a lot of money. But our kids are worth it, right? They're worth it, right? And so maybe today, maybe today the Lord the Lord may tell you, you need to give. And you need to give to help pay for that playground. Uh, go to the next one for me. We're preparing for a harvest in our student ministry, right? Hey, earlier this Yeah. Earlier this year. We hired Pastor Paul and, and Megan, and he's part-time right now, but in May, he's coming on full-time. And you know why we're able to do that? It's because you've already been faithful. Yeah. And so in May, he's coming on full-time, and we're not going to pay him the salary that I got when I first became a youth pastor in 2008, making 20000 a year and depending on miracles to pay bills. Right? We're going to take care of them. We're going to bless them because they're going to bless us. And we're going to take this room and we're going to remodel it. We're going to put some paint on the walls. We're going to get some TVs. We're going to get some better lights, some sound equipment, some technology, some computers. And we're going to make sure that that space is a place where students want to be and want to bring their friends so that they can hear the gospel, right? We're preparing for a harvest in our academy and with Pastor Allen investing in this next generation. Did you know that 77% of Christians in the United States made their decision to follow Jesus before the age of 18 years old? We've got to do better. We've got to do more. We've got to go above what we've been doing. And we've got to be more intentional in how we invest in this next generation. Go to the next one for me. We're preparing for a harvest at this church. Last week, I don't know what the attendance is today. Last week, we had record-breaking attendance of 348 people. If you missed church last week, you messed us up. We could have broke 350, right? In one of the least attended months of the year, we had record-breaking attendance. Don't tell me the Lord ain't in this. Each one of these numbers is a human being, somebody who either needs to be introduced to the gospel or somebody who needs help, somebody who needs to get involved, somebody who needs to discover purpose for their life, right? Each one of these numbers, they're not about numbers, it's about people, it's about souls, it's about individuals, it's about families, it's about lives being changed. Go to the next one. Yeah, check it out. I think that's from last week as well. Up there where Gilbert's sitting right now. That's the, go to the next one for me. This is an egg hunt from last year, right? We have several hundred kids and different people from the community show up for egg hunts and different events that we hold on the property. I met with AJ and Julie, who were leading our Back to Life ministry this past week, and I said, listen, you got $15,000. It's time to start making an investment in our community. It's time to start doing church outside the church so that people outside the church can have what we're having inside the church. We're preparing for a harvest in East Tennessee because I wholeheartedly believe that church planting is in the future of LifeHouse. Man, there's so many people all around this area. This area is growing. Many of you know very well how it's grown because you've come recently from another area, another part of the country, and we need more churches, right, so that, so that God can continue to do what he's doing in here in other locations. Can I get an amen? amen? I believe that. We're preparing for a harvest in the world. listen. I think it's time we double down on our missions giving. Right now we're averaging about $2,000 a month going out to missions. But I think it's time that we begin to, by faith, increase that and to see that go even higher and helping more missionaries to share this good news all over the planet. Come on, you guys with me? Just listen, we're working on plans to, to possibly remodel our gymnasium, seeing it get turned to a place where at least 300 of us can gather at once to worship together. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? Or if that's not going to work out, let's build a new building, right? Let, let's start breaking some ground. I think this place would be a great parking lot. Making plans to upgrade our youth room, making make it a place where students want to be, making plans to invest in our kids' house to make it more safe and more fun, uh, making plans to make our overall church more appealing. Come on, we need a new sign, guys. Like, that's kind of rough out there, right? It's time for a new sign. It's, it's time to, to recover this parking lot, to restripe the parking lot, to expand this building or to improve this building. How many of you would like some new chairs that you didn't have to close your eyes when you sat down on them? Wouldn't that be nice? Get one that get a color that hides the stains better. Right? Something with some texture in it. And Lord willing, I don't think it's just a matter of time before we're in a new building altogether. Right? And I know, I know. Maybe maybe that seems crazy to you, but can I just tell you something? Six years ago, what we're seeing right now sounded crazy to me. Six years ago, I couldn't have dreamed this. Six years ago, I was looking for another job. I was putting in applications at Home Depot and Walmart to buy some time until I could see if I was. Six years ago, I was wondering if I was even going to be in ministry anymore. Is that okay? What can not he do? I'm sorry, but I have to share this. One of my favorite Bible stories, it's the only story outside of the resurrection included in all four gospels. Anybody know what it is? It's when Jesus feeds the 5,000 with just a few fish and a few pieces of bread. And I believe it was Andrew, great name, by the way. Should have you missed out. middle name anyway. He goes to Jesus. Jesus says, time to feed these people. Andrew says, well, there's this little boy over here. I beat him up and took his food from him. <laughs> He's got some fish and some bread. I don't remember. I think it was two fish and five pieces of bread, something like that. They had everybody sit down. There's 5,000 people, not counting women and children, probably between twelve and 20,000 human beings. And Jesus says, bring me what you have. Two fish and five pieces of bread. And Jesus takes it. And he blesses it, and he breaks it. And then he distributes it back to his disciples. And then they take it, and they begin to give away what the Lord has given them. And they're walking around. They've got a basket of food, right? And every time they take one out, they go, whew, it's getting empty. They hand out a piece of bread or a piece of fish, and they look back, and they go, oh, I still got something more. And that basket never runs out. And in fact, when the miracle is all said and done, the Bible says that they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. But here's the key. Here's the key. Jesus can only bless what you first put in his hands. But when you put it in his hands, what can't he do with it? When you will let go of that seed, when you will let go of that security blanket, When you will let go of that thing that you've been holding on to, that thing that you thought was going to protect you, that thing that you thought was going to help you, and you will say to the Lord, God, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but I trust that you're good, and I trust that you're able, so you take it. What can't he do? It took us six years to get here, church, but where do you believe we'll be if we'll continue to pursue his presence and be obedient to his word in another six years? Can I just tell you, there ain't no telling. Come on, will you stand with me? Don, will you come? The book of Acts chapter 4 tells us the story of a man named Barnabas whose nickname nickname was actually Barnabas. And the reason why they nicknamed him Barnabas is because he was such an encouraging man. And so the nickname Barnabas means son of encouragement. Now, Barnabas would go on and he would become someone who would actually help disciple the Apostle Paul in the early stages of his faith. But before any of that happened, the Bible tells us that Barnabas took some land that he owned, and he sold it. And he brought the proceeds of that land to the apostles' feet, and he laid it down at their feet, and he gave it to them so that that money could be used for whatever ministry purposes that it needed to be used for. Now, so I was thinking about that. That was 2,000 years ago when that land was sold and when that money was given. And I was thinking about, you know, man, how nice would it be if I could go back in time... And I could buy stock in Walmart, like, you know, when it first went public, right? Or if I could go back to Apple, I looked it up. Apple's lowest stock price was in 1982. In 1982, Apple stock was selling for four cents a share. If you want to buy some Apple stock today, good luck. It's $185 a share. But if you had a time machine, right? If you could go back in time and you could do it then, and you bought some Apple stock, if you were to buy 100 shares, it cost you $4. I think my math is right on that. It cost you $4, but today it'd be worth $18,500. That's a pretty good return on investment, right? Or let's say you went back to 1982 and you're DeLorean. Can I get an amen from all the, yeah, all the 90s kids in the house? Even 80s. 80s are okay, too. It came out in the 80s. All right? If you bought 1,000 shares in 1982, it cost you $40, be worth $185,000. Heck, a few years ago, that guy b- bought you a house. <laughs> right? If you went back to 1982 and you bought 100,000 shares of Apple stock, cost you $4,000, which I think for all of us would agree, that's a lot of money. It would have even been more money in, in 1982, but it's still not an unreasonable amount of money. Let's just admit that, right? But today, your return on investment would be $18,500,000. Well, I love thinking like that because I love thinking about someone like Barnabas who 2,000 years ago sold a field, and he gave the money away. I fully believe that there are still people who are hearing the gospel today that if we had the ability to do so, and I think when we get to heaven, we'll be able to do it, that if we had the ability to trace their spiritual lineage all the way back to 2,000 years ago, it would be rooted in what Barnabas gave that was able to finance ministry and to enable the church to preach the gospel. So today, listen, whatever you choose to give, don't give it. Don't give it because I've twisted your arm because that's not my goal. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to to compel you. I'm trying to tell you the truth of what God's Word says. And I'm trying to present to you some sincere things that we as Lifehouse want to do, right? Don't give today because you think that if you give that you're going to twist God's arm. and That it means He's got to give back to you. That's not how that works. I want you to give today because you know that we are getting ready for a harvest. And the investment that you make today, Right? that for years to come, no matter how big or no matter how small it is, that for years to come, people will be able to trace their spiritual lineage back to this moment when you laid down whatever it was, whatever seat it was that you were holding on to, and you say, Lord, it's yours, it's not mine. You're the one who gave it to me anyway, so all I'm doing is giving it back to you. And I believe in the name of Jesus that in years to come, this moment, that this day, that this offering... The heritage of it will still exist in our kids' ministry, in our youth ministry, in this room, in this community. Heck, in East Tennessee because I'm telling you, as long as I'm breathing, my flag is planted here. I'm committed to this community unless the Lord moves me. And I'm believing not just for revival in Oak Ridge but all over this area. So I'm asking you today to give I'm asking you today to plant a seed, and I'm not asking you to do it without me showing you sincerely and meaningfully that I'm going to lead the way because I'll never ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So I'm going to pray. Our team is going to lead us in worship for a few moments, and as they're singing, you are invited to come to this altar. We have three baskets here. You can put the pledge card in. You can put the offering in. If you gave online, just fill out a pledge card letting us know that you did that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we get to do this. We thank you that we get to be part of your plan in this church, in this community, in this area. And God, as we give today, we pray that you would bless it and use it for your kingdom and for your glory. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. And Lifehouse said, Amen.